what's up, everybody? Welcome to The Breakdown. My name is Tron Humiston. I'm your host. As always, sitting down at the table across from me is Nick Pierce, a.k.a. Pastor. There it is. See? We, we've dropped the we've dropped the heresy. We like it. Listen, you said a good Christian burial last week. We couldn't <laughs> we couldn't say the term formerly known that we shall not say because let it'll it yeah just let, let it, go. it go. If you've no idea go. what we're talking about, just go back and listen to last week's I episode. I I feel like I'm having some deja vu to this moment right here. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Might be round two of. Introing round the, two, yeah, it, yeah, that's all right. Sometimes you press buttons that you don't mean to, and yeah. you stop recording. And you'd think the tech director would know. Not okay, to you push. had a twelve-second <laughs> rabbit trail last week, so I think we're close to that. Um, what's, what's yours? Fun fact: uh, my biggest pet peeve, biggest, uh, is when people delineate my job down to just being like tech guy. Like I know everything. Is that not it? Anytime I anything wish. breaks, like if it has a cord. Or a battery to it, and it goes down. Mm-hmm. All of our knee-jerk responses: Hey, Jerron. In every ministry, like every it's a printer ministry. that goes down on Sunday, it's like, Hey, Jerron. A couple weeks ago, some people don't even go to church here, and they just roll up and they're like, "Can I, can I talk to Jerron?" <laughs> they're like, "Yeah, is everything okay?" They're like, "I got a tech support question." Yeah, <laughs> I got the spinny wheel of death on my Mac, <laughs> and I heard this is where I need to come to. Oh man, it's like everybody telling me that I just preach on Sundays. I said, "I want you to do." but honestly isn't every job that way like like when i was a nurse like oh what do you do just take vitals and stab kids with needles you were i was getting ready to say thank you for not saying (sighs) i gave shots every day that's what it was you can say gave shots every day stabbing and jabbing baby oh my god stabbing and jabbing goodness gracious yeah hey you know what it is what it is listen if you're new to the breakdown which is a past probably based on the numbers that i've been looking at is a fairly good you know what's crazy is like when you think about a kid you know so we gave immunizations and we're not going to get political in your view of immunizations you know whatever if you're crunchy be crunchy if you're not don't i don't care but what's kind of fun though a kid would come in two four six nine months a year 15 months 18 months and within there there'd be series of shots and we could talk medically about all that but that's really not the Pastor Nick's going to start a new podcast called um, yeah. Medical Sermons. Yeah. Me- Ooh, that'd be good. There's some stuff there. Med- I get a little medically every once in a while. Let's go. But, like, I- I'd give a kid a series of, of shots. Like, I'd see them multiple. And, like, every time they'd see me, I'd have to give them a shot, you know, if they come in for their normal yeah. well checks, which is normal, right? And they still liked me. It's like we both look at each other, and it's like, yeah, you're getting jabbed right now. Like, but then they'd come back and they'd be like, oh, they're, you're the favorite nurse. And we, 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 <laughs> again, like, not I'm, being political, we uh, double dosed Leighton. Oh, did you really? We did. Which one? Um, do you remember? Yes. Okay. A couple actually. Yeah. We, so was we, there just not like, we did first round of immunization. Like what, two months old? Uh, we did, yeah, we did the first, like two months old, yep. six months old. Yeah. What's the it's next It's usually round? two, four, six. Yep. So I think it was a six month. Yep. Um, we had a friend tell us like we were going to the hospital yeah. and it was like, Hey, why don't you go to the health department and get those? Yeah. Well, I didn't take the immunization records with me. Dang. So they gave me a new one when yeah. I was there. Didn't think anything of it. When I went back, they're like, uh, <laughs> you've double dose. And yeah. I went, awesome. There we go. So, so she has a third eye now. So yeah, she's, you haven't seen her. We're praying for it. She's, so she's sweet, sweet, but she's, 
hideous looking. You know, and what's hard is if there is no record in 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 all medical yeah. form, like even like writing notes, like hey, I talked to this mom. If there's no record of it, it didn't happen. Yeah. And I, like, what's funny is, is the tech guy. I didn't even think about that. Like yeah. having a like either the digital or physical records, yep. knowing yeah. we we have had them come in. That's why like the medical records that we kept were so important because. Uh, you know, if we didn't, if you didn't have record of it, like you could tell me all day long, Hey, we went there and got that. And it's like, I believe you, mm-hmm. but I have to have a record. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not calling you a liar, but like by law, I need I to have to. a, on both sides of it, you know, like I have to have a record of it. And that's the only, and that was so, so yeah, like, so. I kind of want to go back to not go back to, I kind of, uh, I'd love for the medical mm-hmm. profession industry to turn into what the mechanic industry oh, is man. you know like you take your car and it's like hey what's wrong with your car and you have no idea so you start making the noises and things like well smoking is like makes this weird like and clicking like i do that now you're like my knee hurts what's it doing it's like well it kind of pops and crackles here and well, then this I morning the... i was making a little you know yeah. little... <laughs> could you imagine walking the doctor is like really slow to start you know normally it's like get up and go to it now it's just you know it would make the doctor oh. soft where did that come anyways i have no idea oh that was... me stabbing and jabbing oh baby. yeah stabbing and jabbing Listen, if you're new to the breakdown, this is this is real. We're like, we're, we're not gonna make it a picture perfect. I we'll eventually stopped, get into the sermon. I finally stopped saying it on Sunday mornings. Yeah, after like eight or nine times. Yeah, and people come up to me like, "You gotta stop." I, I think, think I heard your wife one time was like, yeah. "You have to stop." I think the last one was the worst because I forgot to clarify it that I was a pediatric nurse. Yeah, you said it and then just kept preaching. Yeah, I was like, "Oh yeah, stab babies," and there was somebody new sitting next to somebody that knew me well and was like, she leaned over and said. He was a pediatric nurse. He used to give immunizations and medications, you know, like because there were not all immunizations. Sometimes we do antibiotic oh shots and steroid shots, and That's so funny. you know, stabbing and jabbing, baby. Oh man. Well, hey, let's let's talk about the Lord. Seems like the what reason you got? people come to the podcast. It was a normal, soft, easy, like non-controversial <laughs> message. Like I don't know, I if you were the woman and the dragon. Oh, you know what I wanted to say. I referenced it, but I never said it because I was like, it's filter not, and clarify before you say it on the podcast. Okay. Who cares? Right? <laughs> no, this is what I get to do on the podcast. I say here oh, everything gosh. that I want to say on the pulpit. And I, I, I can't. have no, let's just be very clear. I'm the technical side of this. We oh, now you're the tech director. Now wants. he's the tech director. Wasn't, <laughs> wasn't two minutes ago when my job's so much more than just what's plugged in. The woman and the dragon. Sometimes mm-hmm. the woman is the dragon. <laughs> but every dude was thinking it, right? There's, there's every guy, every, every husband was like. Pretty sure 90% of our audience is female. I think there's certain women that know that. They're like, I know there's a dragon inside of me. Like, it, if you don't give a woman sleep, Starbucks, or chocolate, or a combination of the three, you she just, turns into a dragon. You just described your on on a Tuesday. Anyways, <laughs> I mean, well, what else we got? You're on the podcast by yourself today. <laughs> it's me and the old tech director. Here. Oh man, so, <laughs> I love. It. I think this is my favorite one. No, this this is, is my favorite lead up right here. This will be fun to see what the because I feel like we'll have a ton of people listen because they're expecting after <laughs> all these great questions. Yeah, like oh, they're gonna get like I'm. Ex- <laughs> I, I'm hoping that Nick and Dronic spound on no, we no, just, no, 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 no. Oh man. So we actually right. you, you got some questions. Yeah. So right. we walk through as you said the woman. The and the stab dragon. and jab them, baby. Reve- stab and jab them. Revelation twelve. Yeah. Woman uh, and the dragon is, is what you walk through last week, and um, 
even though you set it up uh, on the front side, which I appreciated, like, hey, let here's the <laughs> hey, I'm gonna wreck your life today. Yeah, welcome. Yeah, which I I thought was a better way of uh, than saying like, hey, I'm gonna tick everybody off. Yeah. Here we go. You know, like just like there are some shaking things, and I say that from a a place of experience, meaning I took what I used to believe mm-hmm. and think and and maybe even a splash in a little bit of what I was taught. Mm-hmm. Because especially in the Bible Belt, which we're losing a little bit, how much of the belt do we really have left of the Bible, right? Uh, of the Bible Belt. We we grow up with a certain understanding. It's it's Hollywoodized, if that's a word mm-hmm. I can use. It is it's, now officially. It is? Because yeah. Oh, yeah, we used it on the breakdown? Yeah, we. I just made it a word. There so. we go. Perfect. All right. Thank you, Merriam-Webster. Um See, he does other things than yeah. just tech directing. <laughs> he didn't know that about him. The dictionary, it's after him. And so, <laughs> sorry, he's dying over here. You can't see. And so, I, and then when, so you have that, you have that mentality, that, those preconceived ideas yeah. that you pulled from something. And a lot of times you pull it from a slew of things. And then the hard part, and that's why, you know, the pastors that you sit under and the teachers that you have, even you know bible colleges that you could have gone to those are all important why uh because they're gonna they're gonna give you everybody has a bend Mm -hmm. a theological bend everybody does there's there's not one person outside of jesus that was perfectly theologically accurate Mm -hmm. i have theological bends and i try to uh we want to be self-aware about those you know but and and every one of us so let's just go down the calvinism arminianism route you know like Every one of them, regardless of what side you are on, there's verses that you struggle with. Mm-hmm. You know, I personally love to sit in the tension of it. So it's like, oh, these are the verses that Calvinists hate. Yep. And these are the verses that the Armenians hate. Yep. Where do you sit? Like right in the right middle, baby. Right. They're just loving it. In the uncomfortable portion. Yeah. But then, but that's different than comparing to like what my preconceived idea of. And at this point, we were talking about heaven and hell and who's there, who's not. And then you come across these verses and it's just like, I mean, to say that, it was almost a little awkward for me to say that. So what do you say, Pastor, that Satan has access to heaven right now? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, there was like the the pin drop, mic drop moment in the room. Yeah. Like, you had prefaced it, so I think yep. everybody was <clears throat> Where like, is it at? very yep. particular, like, oh, that's not it, that's not yeah. it. And then you said it was like you could feel, not in a like shock and disgust sort of way, but just like, yeah. that's it, that, yep. that's definitely it right yeah. there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the text line went ballistic. And here's what's crazy: it wasn't, it wasn't during service. Yeah, it it was like sit through service, pay very close attention. They went home. Two, argued three, about it on the way four home. Four o'clock. And then it was like, all right. And then all of a sudden, it was, a... yeah, you know, it was like, <laughs> okay, I've thought about this. I have my own. Like, I'm. I formulated this. I still have over these the questions. yeah over the whole Sunday. Three services, everybody, after every service, I had at least a person yep. coming up saying, okay. And anywhere from people that grew up in the church, PKs to, you know, just normal people. And it's just like, hold on, now what? Yep. And and I think it was even Pastor Sean. He said the students come rolling out of one of the services and they were like, Sean. And he's like, what, <laughs> what was kind of crazy was, I think one was even my daughter. And it was like, what, 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 what da, da, da. and it was like, so Sean gave the same scriptural defenses yep. of, you know, Job. Your and daughter Zechariah. cornered me. I came back upstairs to go into the studio hey, and she's, she's fierce, like, dude. Jeron, she's fierce. We got questions. And I was like, Good. you live with the guy, <laughs> ask him. <laughs> I, I, yeah. 
And I was like, oh, if you would have paid attention to the rest of the sermon, everybody hears the pin drop moment That's, and then walks away then from like Then they're stuck the, like right there yeah, the rest no, of the... Good. All right, so uh, are, are you starting... Are, are we lobbing them first? Are we getting the lobs first? Or are you like, are they all just fastballs? They're just... Curveballs. I don't know. Ball. I just grabbed them. I didn't okay. put they're, them in you any didn't order. Okay. Yeah. So there's I didn't know be, if you were like going to be easy on me. No. And then they're like, oh. There they're probably some that's super deep, and then it's like a super oh, shallow one. So, right. um, first, on. first question Since yeah. we as Christians seem to think everything wrong in our lives is an attack of Satan, can you clarify uh, <laughs> when or what it actually is? One more time. Since we as Christians seem to think everything in our lives is an attack of Satan, can you clarify when yeah. Satan actually attacks or what actually yeah, is? That's good. Because we've said before, we, not we. You have said before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't oh, throw sorry. your lot in there with we, me. We have said before. No, <laughs> He's no. like, I want a job after this. Um, no. no, no. You have said before on the breakdown, uh, even referencing that, giving Satan too much credit. That's exactly too much. Credit. You know, it's like, yeah. It's sometimes it's your own stupidity. Yeah. Like it's it's your own dumb decisions. Yeah. It's you made a decision. You have to wrestle and live in the consequence yeah. of it. You can't just sweep it under the rug in the gate like, oh, Satan got me again. It's like, no, you walked. Yeah, because there's a few different things that could be going on. And, and the one that I don't like is, yeah, we don't want to give Satan too much credit. So when do we give him credit? Well, that sounds weird. Um, what I don't like is when we make stupid decisions and we suffer consequences because there's a difference between consequences and suffering. Mm -hmm. So even to say you suffer consequences, no, you're enduring the consequences of your mm -hmm. decisions. And if you make stupid decisions, you win stupid prizes, mm. right? So when you're opening up that stupid prize, what I don't like is when people say, why is God doing this? Why is God allowing this? Mm. You know, that's like, okay, so if you jump out of a plane without a parachute and all the way down, God, why are you doing this to me? Mm -hmm. No, you made a stupid decision. You jumped out of a plane without any kind of safety device. Yeah, that's The Lord's not doing that to you. He didn't pick you up, put you in a plane. He didn't fly the plane. He didn't push you out of the plane without a parachute. You made a stupid decision. And, and we do that. We get caught, we in our own sinful nature, because we have to understand, even us, we're born again believers, we have a sin nature that we're still fighting against. Mm -hmm. We are prone to wander from the God that we love obedience to Jesus is an intentional thing where it's so much easier just to wander off into our sin and our own selfishness and our own desires. And we, and we'll make a decision for that. We ignore the way of escape that he provides us, you know, first Corinthians 10, 13, we ignore that and we make a decision. Well, sometimes that consequence is fairly immediate. And sometimes that consequence is that's going to be a lot later, but we ignore the context or the concept that our sin's going to find us out. Our sin will find us out in our consequences. Mm -hmm. You know, even David and Bathsheba, you know, it, it was a, probably even a couple years later when uh, David had a child with Bathsheba and the child ends up dying, which is, I mean, massive tragedy. And you even hear David's response while the child was sick, not the baby was sick, mm -hmm. the child was sick. And then, you know, then you got to struggle through that. Oh, so that was because of David's sin. And, and so just if you have lost a child, it's not meaning that you have sinned or anything like that. We're just using that context. That of, specific story. Yeah, that specific yeah. story. David made a wrong choice, and we make wrong choices, and there is consequences for it. That's not a principle that that— It's you know, not a or, formula. Like yeah, that A plus yeah, B exactly, equals C. Exactly, exactly. And so, um, I mean, Aiken, he stole stuff. And so 
when the earth swallowed him and his family up, it's like, well, why is this happening to us? Why you sinned against the Lord? Which is one of my favorite stories, by the way. Yeah, and so like, so does that mean if I steal a candy bar, I'm going to go home and the world, the earth is going to swallow me and my family up? Or, or think of uh, Annas and Sapphira. I think at the uh, Acts mm-hmm. where they're walking in and they're lying unto the Holy Spirit about what they sold mm-hmm. and trying to give to the church, and they fall over dead. You know, so you, can you imagine that the tithe box? You know, like, hey, did everybody tithe today? Yep, and then people just start dropping dead. Like that's a liar. That's a liar. Church that's numbers a liar. would dr- like yeah. People would stop going. <laughs> I'd have to. We'd have to build a, a morgue downstairs. You know, um, and so it's it's to show us and to understand that our choices do have consequences, and and some of them can be uh, a sin unto death. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about that, and what was it? First John. There is some sin that leads unto death, and some that doesn't. And it, like, there's some serious consequences there, and we have to understand that. So when is it Satan? When is it not Satan? You know, at times, you know, we're like, oh, we're, uh, you hear this in ministry, you hear this in church world a lot. Oh, yeah, Satan's just attacking us. You know, so let's say you have a couple people in your church that are rebelling against pastoral authority or their gossips or they're, oh, yeah, Satan's just attacking us. No, you just have people walking in sin. Yeah. I mean, when we choose just to walk on our own desires, we're we're doing the work of Satan on his behalf. He doesn't even need to do anything. He just sits back and just lets us use our own gossip and bitterness and hatred and indifference towards one another. And then we want to slap that. Oh, yeah, that's Satan. No, that's that's your sin. Yeah, that is your uncontrolled desires of what you want instead of following Christ in obedience and and having the fruit of the spirit be evident in your life that's what that is you know and so uh so when is it satan when is it not yeah (laughs) and that's the key where we know just like okay so think like nazi germany we would say things like hitler invaded poland Mm -hmm. hitler didn't do that he wasn't there by himself with an AK-47 and a tank yeah. all by himself rolling in and he took over Poland. But he had a government and he had a military that did that under his orders. Yeah. And and some of those guys did things that were within the parameters of what they were allowed to do. So it wasn't even a direct order from Hitler. They just, they understood the guardrails, which were probably very little to none, they understood the North Star, the goal that Hitler wanted, and hey, go whatever you need to do to make it happen, do it. Mm-hmm. You know, so not everything is Satan specifically, but we have to understand that there's a very real battle that we are a part of, and we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but there's that influence. So anything that is unbecoming of Christ or what it means to follow Jesus. So even down to the little bit of indifference or hate or lust in our heart, that is that is an influence of Satan. Now, is that him himself? You know, because we all want to think we have Matthew 4 type of moments. It's my whole life. Yeah, like, yeah. Satan has never grabbed a hold of me, went to the top of the pinnacle of the temple and said, hey, throw yourself down. I bet, I bet the angels will catch you. Hey, you see those stones? Turn them to bread. You know, hey, you see this kingdom, if you bow down. Like, we think that Satan attacks us yeah. the same way. Yeah, yeah. 
And it's like, no, no, no. Now there, there is a very real evil presence in the world. And I do believe that there is demons and demon possession and, and all of that. And it's actually far more uh, relevant in other countries. I think we in the America in America are far more insulated from it, which is, I think a scheme of Satan. So, you know, how do you delineate between he himself, Satan, and then just the, his influence or his, his battle plan against what is righteous and stuff like that at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, for the American forces that were fighting back against this invading German army, it didn't. It didn't matter. Yeah. They had to stand up against what was evil, and if that was that army right there before them. And so, for us, um, don't lose too much time. Don't get so bogged down. What is Satan? What's not Satan? Follow Christ with your life. Mm -hmm. You know what is right and what the Lord requires of you. Micah 6, 8. Seek justice, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. And so if you are walking in righteousness, if you are walking in obedience to him, there's there's nothing that's going to come across your life that he is not in control of or knowing of. Nothing's going to happen where he's like, oh, man, Jerron, I'm so sorry I allowed that to happen. Like He's going to know everything. And so... There's going to be suffering. There's going to be persecution. There's going to be affliction. Just walk in faith with Christ and let him handle it, you know, where understanding the source of it, like I didn't need to understand the source of my cancer, just kill it and cut it out. Mm -hmm. You know, I I didn't need the ABCs of all of that. I didn't need the one, two, threes. I didn't need the full diagnosis. Hey, okay, this is what I got. What can you do about it? Let's go. Yeah. You know, so that's where I'd lean into that. My chair's making noise. I know. Um, so is, I guess this could be a sub question or just separate question. Okay. Does Satan and his minions (laughs) (laughs) cronies use heaven as a home base to come and go? There's more to that. You can answer that part. Uh, No, it says that they and their angels, there's no more access to heaven. And so we're still thinking of heaven as a subset location within the spiritual world. And that would, that would, that's a hard thing. Yeah. You know, so like, it's one thing to say like, okay, there's Jupiter in our solar system. And so like, you could say I went to outer space and you went to Jupiter and you're both saying the same thing. And, and I would, I would push on that. Like there's the spiritual realm, there's the physical realm. You know, uh, when we think of the spiritual realm, like obviously through Revelation, we are seeing glimpses into the throne room. Mm -hmm. So just like you can be at church, but you're not in my office. But Mm -hmm. my office is within the church. You could be at church and still be on the parking lot. But but you would be technically right. I'm at church. You know, like so there's a difference like and I think there's a uh, something there where there's a new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem. And so there really is a city-like-esque-ness about the spiritual realm. But to you know, heaven, you know, we think is, is the, the mansion we're going to get, the gold streets. And, and that could be, you know, is that all of heaven? Like the, the whole spiritual realm? Or, and that's where I liked the courtroom battlefield type of scene combination the combination or whatever so it's not a lot of people were struggling with that it's like it's satan's not enjoying the amenities 
of what we think of of heaven. He's not, you know, golf in the back nine. Mm. He's not at the marriage supper table, you know, while they're preparing that because we haven't had it yet. He's not tasting the hors d'oeuvres to see if they're up to snuff. Like he's he's in the courtroom accusing. But the but at the same sense, there's a battlefield because there's a war. You know, it says that in verse seven. Now war arose in heaven. And so they use heaven as a home base. They have access to it. And we know there's a future event where they won't have access to mm-hmm. it, you know. So is uh, that that's what's kind of difficult. What we do know is there's no scriptural defense to say that Satan is in hell. It's not a dwelling for yeah. him, you know. And so there is this context where he's back and forth on earth in heaven, and and eventually he's not going to have access to heaven. And there's going to be a great party for that, and a massive woe unto those on the earth for it. So. Um, all, all we can do is hold fast to the anchor points of scripture mm-hmm. and try to fill in the blanks with, well, if this anchor point is true, this anchor point is true, this anchor point is true, meaning of scripture, then by implication, we don't want to go against those, but we can try to fill in the blank, but we just don't want to be uh, as sure in those anchor points uh, of those implications as we are in our anchor points of yeah. scripture. Yeah. So we know Satan does have access to heaven. We know eventually he won't have access to heaven, and and there is war in that spiritual realm, um, and we've seen that multiple times. Daniel, we see it here in Revelation twelve. So there there is some sort of interaction, just like you would see on Earth. There's good and evil, and there's an interaction of that on Earth. Mm-hmm. Why would we think there's anything different in the spiritual realm? And what's going to baffle people is in two weeks when I have to say that Christ is in hell. You heard Yay. first here on the breakdown. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. So you should give them two weeks yeah, different. You yeah, know, there you go. Kind of, and they're going to search the scriptures mm-hmm. and be like, I'm ready for this son of a gun. We're coming after him. So, yeah. but that's what's hard because that goes against that Hollywoodized. You know, I think of the cartoon, the newspaper cartoon, Family Circus, mm-hmm. you know, because every time they wanted to show grandpa, he was on top of the clouds and he had looking wings down, and he had a halo him. and he was looking down and seeing his family. And it's like, warm comforting so theologically wrong it's not even funny and everybody's like well it's just a cartoon it was just for entertainment and it's like i'm not the one struggling with the idea that satan stands in heaven and so we want we'll say that but at the same time at the street level of our theology no we want the family circus yeah. theology we don't think it's hurting but yeah, in reality it, it is. is yeah yeah so all right sub um I'm going to skip the next question, go to question Aww. three. I'm going to come back to two. Ooh, okay. Let's in. go. So, Let's go. Um, God gave permission to Satan mm. to test Job and Peter. I almost read that as job. <laughs> <laughs> I was just quickly. We got um, a job test. We got a job test. Are you qualified for the job? No. Job and Peter, do you think he gives Satan permission to test us? Why not? I would say yes. Yeah. Where, where would, you know, again, where's the anchor point that says no? Where's the where's the line that, and nor could you say where's the line that he says that he does? Well, we at least have precedence that is not it is not outside of the character of God because it was it wasn't even Satan's idea with Job, who brought it up. Mm. Have you considered my servant Job? And so here's the thing: this is a great this is not original. When something's happening in your life and you don't understand why, understand that there might be a conversation that you're not privy to. Job had no idea what was going on. 
we read it and it makes sense because we understand the conversation between Yahweh and Satan. Job didn't. Yeah. He just woke up one day and he lost his family. He woke up one day and he has boils all over him. He woke up one day and lost all of his livestock. He woke up one day and he's got a nagging wife. Lord, why is this happening? And we struggle with that. There could be a possibility that we don't know the full story because we don't know that conversation. Well, you did a good job of that last week when you talked about being the back of the cave perspective. Yeah. You know, like looking out at the back of the cave, like you only see this much of the picture. Yeah. Whereas the Lord or someone sitting on top of the mountain looking down, like sees the bigger picture where there, there is or could be something going on yeah. that you don't know, but that's directly affecting or related to where you're at, yeah. what, what you're walking through. Mm-hmm. That was helpful for me. Just like, oh, that's right. Like, I don't, I'm not God. <laughs> as much as I put myself on the throne sometimes, you know, like mm-hmm. there are things that I'm unaware of, but that have direct implications. And who better to lead in the conversation about <sighs> our life that we don't know that has direct implications than the Lord himself. Not us. Yeah. And we hate that idea. Well, I mean, uh, I have a son. Wonderful. Love him. We both are the same way. We hate not knowing. Mm-hmm. We hate that. We struggle with that. And it's like, we have to be okay that God could be having conversations about us that we have no idea to, yeah. but it has direct implications. But can I trust his character? Can I trust his will? Can I trust his timing? Can I trust what is revealed about him? Mm-hmm. Yep. So if all of that, if he is true and faithful, can I trust whatever conversation he's having with whichever being and however the implications are going to come? Yeah, I can. Yeah. So. Um, okay. Uh, popping back, back up, up to question two. Um, can you please elaborate a little more on God sending out a lying spirit or a deceiving spirit? Yeah, this is, let me, let me Google the reference or whatever. What I was trying to do was just give a, this is in one of the Kings. God. This is the greatest thing is just, you just Google it. Now, the hard part is if you try to find all the different ministries, you're like, oh, let me tell you what that means. Like, I'm uh, not looking for the reference. Yeah. I'm looking for the blog post the explanation. Yeah. Yeah. First Kings 22. So let's go there. Oh, look at that. I had a little bookmark at First Kings 21. It's almost like somebody knew. So we got Ahab, right? Uh, Ahab. His name's the Lord. Yep, his name's the Lord. So why did God use a lying spirit to deceive Ahab? Uh, skipping down, so First Kings 22, looking at verse 19. Uh, and it says, uh, Micaiah said, Therefore hear the word of the Lord, the word of Yahweh. And I saw Yahweh sitting on his throne and all the host of heaven. And if you really want to wreck people's lives, let's talk about who that is. Who's the host of heaven? Everybody wants to say those are angels. Oh, I never. You know what it is in the original Hebrew? What is it? Elohim. You know what the word Elohim is? I remember talking about it. I don't know if that my God's. Anyway, <clears throat> standing beside him on his right hand and on his left. So you have Yahweh sitting amongst a host of Elohim on his right and his left. And so some some would say this is the divine council where God leads and orchestrates the events of the world mm. in a 
divine council, more like a military. He's the general and he has captains, you know, but we always want to say, oh, these are angels. But the moment we read the original language yeah. and it says Elohim and it's like, no, these are gods. Oh, so there are multiple gods? No, there's one God, Yahweh. He's like, what's this about then? It's like, put that in your pipe and smoke <laughs> it. Verse 20, and Yahweh said, who will entice Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? So he wants to put a deceiving spirit in Ahab to make a stupid decision mm-hmm. to go up to battle so that he'll fall. And one said one thing and the other said another. Who? The host of heaven. So they look at each other. All right, Yahweh says we need, we, somebody needs to go and entice him to make a stupid decision. We need to deceive him to make a bad decision. Who's going to do it? And so they start talking about it almost like a round table. <laughs> like in the cabinet of the president. Yeah. Right? And then a spirit came forward and stood before Yahweh saying, I will entice him. And the Lord said to him, by what means? And he said, I will go out and will be a lying spirit and the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, you are unto entice him and you shall succeed. Go out and do so. So he was going to come and be a, a deceiving spirit in the council of the people that are around Ahab to convince him to make a bad decision. So God uses a deceiving spirit to entice Ahab, a horrible king, to make a bad decision to fall. So why, why would there be a deceiving spirit in the presence of Yahweh? That's what I was bringing up. I would say this is one of the fallen angels because you would never say an unfallen angel is a deceiving, mm-hmm. lying spirit. This is so now you have an interaction. So just like in Job, you have an interaction of Satan and Yahweh of God. Now here you have an interaction between Yahweh and a lying spirit. Mm -hmm. Zechariah tells us that the angel of the Lord, which is Jesus pre-incarnate, Satan is over his right shoulder accusing him. Mm -hmm. So we have all these interactions that we are seeing and they're just kind of they're not even the main emphasis. They're almost saying it like, yeah, this is common knowledge and we didn't even need to give like great teaching on it yeah. because it's this, this is what it is, you know? And I think the Bible Project does a great job talking about what are the different spiritual beings because w- all we ever want to say is there's God, there's, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, there's angels, and there's people. Yeah. And, it, and, and even that, like, okay, so what's the difference between cherubim and seraphim and other angels and even the idea of what an angel is? We all want to think an angel has wings. No, only seraphim and cherubim have wings. Angels do not have wings. Angels, anytime that they're presented in Scripture, are seen as mere men. And so we, and the other theology that everybody hates, we don't become angels. But I want wings. Go to beat up. <laughs> they toss them some sauce. Wrong phenomenal. Guy. Yeah. They, they, that's the closest you're getting, buddy. I, yeah, unless, I want like, the wings at the the in the new B Dub commercial. The buffalo has yeah, flying around. Yeah, <laughs> nope. Sorry, the closest thing you're getting here is you know, Asian Yeah, okay. that's all you got, buddy. So yeah, that's and so it tells the story almost as if we don't even need to teach on who these people, these beings are. We're just telling you how that works. Yeah, and God allowed that lying spirit to be successful. God will allow Antichrist and Satan to be successful to a certain point. Mm-hmm. He will allow him to sign a covenant with the many, with the Jews. And he will allow people to turn and find hope 
and 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 safety and the leader who antichrist is he'll allow that he will permit that but to bring about the greater good of what he his will has mm-hmm. for human history and that's what's hard well why would god do that then there are mysteries of god that will always be mysteries and there's things that are revealed that's what we need to know about yeah it's not the things that we don't know that scare me it's the things that we do know you know and so that's where we sit in the tension of it and understand like he tells us that and and we'll say it in one breath oh yeah i get it his ways are not our ways his thoughts are not our thoughts then don't have a lack of faith when it's not your thought Mm -hmm. again can he be trusted is god faithful yes does his will line up with what you would do no and that's the greatest thing about him i haven't met one person i haven't read about one person that's like man they their will is the exact same as god's will Mm -hmm. we are all on the same side of the father like none of our thoughts perfectly match the thought of the father Mm -hmm. because we're we're finite he's infinite there's no way none of our ways are too finite he's infinite like we couldn't even fathom we can't even fathom what he's revealed to us let alone the concept that we're going to understand what he hasn't revealed of who he is and what he's doing one of the uh, <clears throat> one of the reels that you and I like to send back and forth on Instagram of someone else who does a podcast and they take their video clips and you know who I'm talking yeah, about? Not at all. What? We haven't sent this guy. PD? No, no, no. Uh, no, no, no. Um, uh, one of the pastors from that church. In, uh, I can't think of his name. Not Newhoff. No. Dang. No, no, no. Always wears the crazy glasses. This way is crazy. Ah, that's gonna transformation church. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there. I cannot think of his podcast name or him. Upsetting the gram. That's what. Thank I you. Upsetting the gram. About. Yeah. So hey, shout out to you guys if you yeah. want to listen to the podcast here <laughs> with the breakdown. Um, <laughs> we know your names. Yeah. So <laughs> we're, yeah, you're famous. We're not. Um. So I was listening to one of his yeah. like polls, and he he was talking about what faith is. Like he went on this whole almost tirade like aggressively what faith is yeah and he boiled it down to like faith is sitting in the tension yeah faith is sitting in the tension when what you want doesn't i love that verbiage with what god wants and i was like that's so good because what you want is to have a black and white answer what you want to know is to be in or what you want is to be in control what you want is to be in the know and a part of the conversation faith is sitting in the tension and not even like we want to be in the part of the conversation. We want to give our input. We want to be the deciding factor. Yeah. We want to be the decision maker. Like, Lord, you tell me your will and I'll veto it or accept it. And I wonder, we say that, I wonder if this is one of those things where what we really want is we want to walk into the throne and we want to look at God and say, here's what you need to do. Yep. Bam, bam, bam. Oh, yeah. Not even, hey, if you if you just let me know, yeah. I would appreciate that. Like, we want to walk into the throne room and say, here's how you should do your job. Yeah. You know why that is. This is what the Lord's been hitting me, and this is not original. So I've heard it, yeah, and I've chewed on it. Yep, I've looked at my own life. And super humbling, super, super fun, super humbling, right? So when you look at your life through the lens, the mirror of God's Word, and like He gives you a line, and then you process it as you you read Scripture a little differently through these. Um, the issue is, it's it's because you have your faith in outcomes. You don't have your faith in in a person. 
So when things don't go your way, it's because you've put your faith in the outcome. Because the moment you say, Lord, that is not what I thought. That's why are you doing this? Why did you yeah. allow this? The moment that something something in reality doesn't meet the expectation that you have, that should be a red flag, like a, a light on the dashboard of your faith, that my faith is in the outcome, not in the person of Jesus. Mm. And the moment that you take your eyes off Jesus, you look at the storms just like Peter, and you start to sink. And what does he say? You of little faith. Because you're looking at the situation around you, you're looking at the outcomes of what you want from your life and the circumstances that you're in, you're you're not in you're not walking in faith in Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's what's been wrecking my life. Because if you walk in obedience, if you walk in wisdom, if you walk in faith to Jesus, the outcome doesn't matter. That's why Paul could say to live as Christ and to die as gain. Why? Because the outcome doesn't matter because my faith is in Christ alone. Which you could take that a step further and say that is the outcome. Mm-hmm. Like the outcome matters because what we yeah. carnally, yeah. we'll make it work, whatever, yeah. focus on is the here and now. Yeah. Like like I 100% very selfishly <clears throat> have said, like yeah. I love the Lord, I want to go to heaven. I want to see my girls grow up. I want to yep. experience. But it's like, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. Like that's selfish. Like, yeah. And you could even take it a, a step further where we could sound super spiritual and, and it, it almost kind of teeters with legalistic and you think about the purpose of your life. Mm. What's the purpose of your life? To win as many souls. Oh, yeah. For the kingdom and yeah. for Jesus' name. And no. I want to live a long time so I can... Yeah, the purpose of your life is Jesus. Not anything that you would do for Jesus. Uh, I was listening to... If you haven't figured out by now, I love podcasts because they're just easy to, oh, yeah. you know, like I can listen and think and process. Um, get mad. Get mad. P- press pause. Let the Lord yeah. do a work and go back to yeah, it. Yeah, there you go. And so um, yesterday I got up and butt crack of dawn. <laughs> it's like three three oh seven. I got up. and Sorry if your name's Dawn. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, um, so It's my wife's middle name. Is it really? Yeah. Fun fact, do it till I see her next. Um, <laughs> She's gonna kill me for saying that. I'm sure that. she is. Uh so I was I was listening, uh, I was listening to a podcast <clears throat> and had kind of one of those super wrecking ball yep. you know, moments. Yep. Where um kind of what you were just talking about and a very um 30,000 foot holistic view um, just wrecked me. Really? Yeah. In in every sense of, you know, just trying to understand, like, because we do that. But the, what's the purpose of my life? My, you yeah. know, we don't want to do. And so my existence is to glorify God, mm. period. Yep. In every moment of my life, I have been created to glorify God. Yep. That is what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of times not what I'm doing. Yeah. You know. But why is that though? Why did he set up that the purpose of our lives is to glorify him? Because I'm all that in a bag of chips. <laughs> <laughs> why would he give us a 
purposeless reason to our lives this side of glory. Mm. Because what do you think the next side of glory is going to be about? It's the same thing. Well, I've never thought about it like that. Could it, could it possibly be if, if you can find the joy of the Lord and you can find the purpose of your life in Christ, not in the outcomes, not in the expectations, not in anything other than the person of Jesus and what he has done for us and what he continues to do for us, what do you think the rest of eternity mm-hmm. will be? Oh, dang it, that takes everything I've been thinking to hold. <laughs> I was already. I love it. Oh, my gosh. What else you got? I um, got a couple more questions. So I've got one. Let's see. I got two more. Uh, and you kind of, I think, have already covered this one, but this will be a, this is a lop. I think this is a lop. That's all right. We'll zing him. Do the demons of Satan go back and forth as well? Do they have access to heaven? Do they? Well, I mean, Revelation says that hit. I mean, Revelation 12, right where we're at, said that. I'm turning, so give me two seconds. One more page. War rose in heaven. Michael and his angels were fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them Mm -hmm. in heaven. So, yes. Now, Now, do they... When Satan was thrown out, his demons were... When Satan will be thrown out, because this is a future event, so will all of his demons and the fallen angels with him. So it's not like he's kicked out, but the other ones get to go back and forth as well. Once he's out, they're out. There's no longer any place for them in there. So even right now, there could be going back and forth because we see that back in First Kings that it was a lying spirit. So it wasn't Lucifer. Yeah, It was just one of the fallen angels that was a lying spirit. Sorry, my brain was going to something else. No, it's okay. It's all good. So yeah, I right now they go back and forth. <laughs> we hate that idea because we want to think grandma and grandpa are in heaven and they're Heaven's enjoying there, everything. Yeah. There and they're separate. You know, but think that I mean, for me, it's not a struggle. One, it's scripture, and we just have to lay down our Hollywood and pick up the Bible. Um, and I'm not meaning that flippantly. I'm being that true. Um, but I mean, imagine walking into he- heaven. You die, you stand before the Lord, right? And let's go with the whole like judgment court scene. Like again, our sins already judged on yep. the cross. But here's here's Satan with a long list of everything that you have ever done. Mm-hmm. Right? So crazy. Uh Derwin Gray, mm-hmm. a football player, yeah, yeah. he's a pastor or whatever. He was just talking about this yesterday. I think I shared it on my Instagram reel yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so he's he's talking about that and he's like, Hey, there's a list as Satan's standing there with a list of all of my sins and Jesus rolls up covered in blood with the wounds of the cross. says, hey, let me see that list, Father. Oh, yeah, I see that. But it's all been paid for. He rips it up. And it's like one of the greatest things that we see of a virtue in our world to this side in the physical world is defending the weak. Mm -hmm. And is that not Christ? That us in our weakness, if if Jesus never steps up and says anything, yeah, we're we're guilty as charged. We, we there's there's nothing. I mean, we were born in sin. Thank you, Adam and Eve. You know, we're all of that. But it's when Christ stands up and he's def- he's a defender. Like 
we always want to say that when you know oh our boss is being mean to us or our coworker is yeah. snooty like oh defend me jesus and it's like zoom out <laughs> a little bit yeah. and understand that satan is just accusing you before the father but jesus stands up and says not guilty it's mm. all finished on the cross like that is an amazing moment there there we fully understand because the, then that's going to push against people like oh, then how do we not know any pain or suffering it doesn't mean we won't know it we won't endure we mm. won't experience pain and suffering but fully we're going to hear satan just sitting there accusing us but the glorious moment is just hearing jesus say our name and defend us to the father yeah and it's accepted like i think it's a it's beautiful i, I have no no problems theologically with it at all so Jesus is our public defender. Yes, if that's what you needed. <laughs> yes, yes. You um, know, like you have all those movies. Like we've oh, talked yeah. about Hollywoodizing, but oh, like yeah. you have all those movies, like the courtroom scene where you've got, yeah. you know, you've got the high profile, super expensive, you know, prosecutor, you know, and all their lawyers and everything. And then you've got the one guy who can't afford anything. He's got his public, you know, defender. And I mean, even you being guilty as charged, chained up let's say like i'm getting real real figurative here i mean jesus just walks up unchains you unshackles you you're free to go you're free to go but i did all this crime you're free to go why because the hands that freed you paid the Mm. price of your punishment so what else you got over there i got time uh last question last one oh here we go let it um, be a doozy. Come on. I thought this was going to, thought I was going to get a challenge from yeah. the listening audience. <laughs> that gong has been thrown down. Thrown down. Let's go. Um, no, this season, these are good. This is great. It, so I've even had this thought. If God can't be in the presence of evil, mm. how can Satan be in heaven or have access to heaven? <laughs> I think that was all the question. Let's. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm verifying something. Nick is verifying. He's a uh, asking his handy dandy notebook. <laughs> oh, oh, we literally just got a text in. Oh, did we? Yep. Let's see what this. Okay, Habakkuk, let's talk. Oh, yes, the book of Habakkuk. Oh, yeah. The highly referenced, um, very, uh, very much talked about. Well, here's the issue. <clears throat> All right, so, so think of it this way. If God cannot be in the presence of sin, explain the Holy Spirit indwelling me as a sinful man. So you already have to put that in your pipe and smoke on that a little bit, right? You got to chew through that. Mm-hmm. So, so we have to understand: is is this, and where does it come from? And I'm wondering if this Habakkuk passage is it. Who said that God can't be in the presence of sin? Who said that God can't be in the presence of evil? Now, God is absolutely righteousness, and just righteous and pure and holy, and and it doesn't change His character. 
for that. So, case in point, we live at the lake. Mm-hmm. In the summer, people <laughs> come to the lake, right? The presence of the evil in p- sin is prevalent. Yes, right? And I make the joke, you can be walking through the grocery store, and you cannot help what the next person over is wearing. Or lack thereof. Or the lack thereof, right? And you just turn the corner, and there it is, all in its paraphrase or you know quotations glory you know little to the imagination or lack thereof a lot yeah you know, <laughs> oh, oh Lord, yes and so but you can't help the second look you can't help the third third look you can't be like oh, oh i i forgot something over in the canned goods when all you're really That's a trying choice to, at that point yeah it's a choice at yeah. that point right but when you're just rolling through and you're oblivious to it and you don't look upon it my character doesn't change even though that person or people want to wear whatever they want to wear. The lust is the desire to look with an intentful heart Mm -hmm. to play it out. The sin isn't that I am in the presence of someone who is immodest. Mm -hmm. That's not lust. Lust is what happens in my heart through my eyes gazing upon Returning to. Yes, exactly. So God does not lose any of his character, any of his holiness, any of his righteousness because he's in the presence of sin, which what we'll learn later, I think it's in 14, uh, Christ stands in the presence of hell and they will see him in his righteousness and his holiness, but they will experience none of his love, none of his grace, none of his mercy. They will know that they rejected him and they are evil and unrighteous and unholy. And Christ is perfectly holy, perfectly righteous, everything. So it's, it is a condemnation to them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So like even when we get to the great white throne, he opens up the book of life not to say, hey, is your name there? Because it's the resurrection of the, of the dead, of the unrighteous. Mm-hmm. He's opening up the book of life to show you your name's not there. It is a condemnation unto you. But that but God does not lose any of his righteousness. It actually affirms his righteousness. Yeah. Because if there w- if there wasn't anything unholy, how do you describe holiness? Same thing as evil. Yeah. How do you know what evil is if you don't? Yeah. yeah. There you go. You know. So um there there is a verse that talks about, and this is like in Habakkuk one, um, Talking about the Lord cannot look upon sin and, Mm -hmm. you know, turn his face towards it. Like, so 113, let's find that. Uh, You who are purer eyes than to see evil and cannot look at wrong, why do you idly look at traitors and remain silent when the wicked swallows up the more and the man more righteous than he? So it is, I mean, if you want to talk about contradictions, this is, this is, uh, a, a great way that they use this writing. You are, you know, so he's affirming the pure eyes that like, yeah, how can you look, you can't look against evil and it wrong, but you're looking at these traitors. Well, which one is it? Can he not look at evil? And, and, but he says he's looking at traitors. So which one is it? And so honestly, I would probably push on this understanding because God is omniscient. God is omnipresent. So he knows about sin he is present when sin is committed. He does not wink at sin or turn a blind eye to it. He sees it, 
as Habakkuk rightly asserts, um, he cannot see it favorably. He's not looking at it and saying, not a big deal. He's not looking at it and saying, oh, good job. Mm -hmm. He sees it, but he's not seeing it favorably. And I love that line I'm reading right now. Uh, So what bothered the prophet is that in using the Babylonians to punish Judah, God seemed to be uh, countenancing the Babylonians' idolatry, violence, and greed. But God assures his prophet in chapter 2 that the sins of Babylon will not be tolerated either. And so we, you know, we have to understand that we're sealed in the Holy Spirit. We, but that context is, but we still struggle in sin. Yeah. And so how am I sealed in the Holy Spirit? And so you definitely don't want to diminish the divinity of the Holy Spirit. Right. Right. You don't, don't kind of like what I said Sunday. You want to stand up and call God a liar. (laughs) Anybody wants, you know, no takers, not a one. I'm, I over 300 people there this Sunday, not a dang one wanted to call (laughs) God a liar. You know, and so the same thing. And so uh, if if you if you want to die on that hill, then then what do you do with all the other verses that are very clear Mm -hmm. that the Holy Spirit indwells us where we we have this little bit. So honestly, it's I think this is a part the same way I was grown up believing or maybe even I'll splash in a little bit. I might have been taught God won't give you more than you can handle. Mm -hmm. And then I come across verses like this, and it's like, ooh, it, where's that at? That ideology and, that we, yeah. yeah. So when we say, hey, God, God can't uh, look upon evil; He can't be in the presence of evil. Says who? Because it sounds like a good Christian oh, thing. Oh yeah, a holy God can't be yeah. in the presence of yeah. evil. Well, because then, like Jesus became sin for us on the mm-hmm. cross. So then, what do you do with that? Yeah. But we don't think that because nope. it's like, oh, well, the guy on the stage said so, yeah. and he's qualified, and that makes sense. Yeah. Because for us and our righteousness to stand in the presence of evil and call it sin and evil, we don't lose any of our character. We don't lose any of our virtue. No, if anything, it defends it more. It's a stronger Mm -hmm. character trait of us because we will stand and call evil evil and we will call what is good what is good. So, again, no issues with it. Because who's going to bound Satan? Hey, sorry guys, I can't, I, I, I can't do that. I can't be around him. Mm. He's gonna have us do it. Who's gonna take him and throw him in a lake of fire? Hey, Nick, I got a quick job for you. Can, can you just do this for me? Yeah, I, 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 I got, a, I need a solid. The Lord's not gonna empower me <laughs> to, to go do that. <laughs> I mean, I'm, hey, I'm equipping you to go. Yeah, right. Like, come on, come on, guys. Because at the end of the day, if God can't be around sin. Explain the three years of Jesus's ministry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the only people all he wanted to be around was sinners. Yeah. Who struggled? Who struggled with the idea? The religious elite. There it is. Oh. What else you got? Anything else? We got time. Come on. We that's, ain't doing nothing. That's all I got. That's all you got? That's all the questions you had? Yeah. I. I what was the one that just came in? It's not related to. Nothing? Nothing good? Nope. I love this. This is honestly like one of my favorite things to to talk through because I've always wanted the church to be a place where we can ask questions and we can dig deep. And, and even even in the uh, the word, even I, in the unsure, yeah, not you know, like okay, let's hey, this is an anchor point thing. Is Jesus Lord? 
Yes, that's an anchor point. Let's talk about that. Let's defend it very clear in Scripture. But there are some things that are not clear in Scripture, and that's okay. Yeah. Let's look at our anchor points, and then how can we fill in the gaps? And well, we just don't want to hold those as doctrine either. So, but I, God did not give us rational minds, logical minds to understand truth, to just not question. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times through all of Scripture do we have people questioning God? Now, again, sometimes it has uh, consequences. You know, you might be like Zechariah where you can't talk for a hot minute until your son's born because you questioned him. But, you know, would you rather see God move and you have your son and yeah. and you can't talk for a bit? Which, you know, some of our listening audience, praying that for you. <laughs> I'm teasing, I'm teasing. <laughs> so, but, you know, there, there was, I mean, so many times that I, I love the story is it Jairus? He was the the attendant per se at the synagogue, mm-hmm. and he has this sick kid, and he says, "Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief." Yeah. Lord, I believe in you, but I have doubts. He didn't shy away from that. Yeah. He wasn't scared by say. that. Yeah, like again. How much of a, a smear of God's character would it be to create us with a finite understanding of him just because we're finite in our understanding, let alone he hasn't fully revealed everything. And there is certain things that we hold in tension that are a mystery, you know, and but for him to hold that against us. Mm. I mean, th- there's an argument there to say, Lord, your ways are not our ways. Your thoughts are not our thoughts. Your will is not our will. And but why do you hate us and punish us for it? He doesn't. He invites us into that. And but I think the moment we quit asking questions, it's the moment we quit digging it. The moment we quit having moments that just wreck us, yeah. we're not growing. And that's why in our in our life group ministry, one of the one of the questions that I put in there because we're going a little different direction with life groups, mm-hmm. and it's it's uh, it's challenging, and I think it's good. But, hey, if Pastor Nick was here, what question would you ask him? So we, me and my wife lead the college, my wife and I. Me, my wife, and I. Me, me, (laughs) my wife, and I lead the college ministry, and we ask that question. And it's funny because I sit there, and they'll ask a couple questions. And even Sunday, I have somebody come up afterwards. Hey, will you answer that question now? No. Why do you want us to ask a question that you're not going to answer? And one individual said, because if you ask a question and somebody just gives you the answer straight out, then you won't process the other possibilities of what it could be. Because again, like look at anchor points. And so uh, let's go down the road. If somebody like, hey, is Jesus really God? Um, All right. So one response could be no. Well, what about this, this and this? Like we have to do something with those verses that Jesus clearly tells us that he is God. Well, so now those can be anchor points and well, as God, could he do this? Well, using the, you know, it, and it forces us to chew and marinate mm-hmm. through this where if I just look at you and say, yes, Jesus is God. Okay. Thank you. That actually did not help you. That made it worse because you, now you have no idea how to defend that. You've never searched for anything. It's easy. Yeah. Somebody just gives you the answer. Yeah. And there are some things that's like, Yes, he is, but let me show you why. Yeah. And that and that's a that's what we need more of. But at, at times I think it's good to like, yeah, that's a great question. What do you think? And I'll sit there like 
There was one even Sunday. I was like, oh yeah, it's an easy question for me. For it like, like oh yeah, yeah, it's an easy question. I could answer that tomorrow. But nope, I won't. Why? Because that might be something that God wants you to chew through and process because what you're doing is seeking him. Mm. Lord, I want to know more about you. There is something there is something in my life that I don't know and and a lot of times we want to know is the destination there is this something I can know or not don't put your faith in the mm-hmm. outcome put your faith in the person because even if it is something where you're just going to sit in the tension you'll grow so much in your digging deeper trying to find that answer than if I say yeah that's just one of those things we sit in tension oh okay nah you, you you want to get to the end of the road without walking the path. Yeah. But there's so much along the path that the Lord wants to do in and through you, you know, because it, again, if we just give you the answer, that's you, you spent 30 seconds thinking about the Lord. If you sit here and chew through and marinate and wonder, and it takes you all week and you're just, and you still don't have an answer. Great. But you spent all week chewing on marinating, thinking through who the Lord is. Cause we've boiled down faith to Christian Bible study. Yeah. Where, to uh, info download where you read something uh you ingest it you digest it you yep. spit it back out and write it very quickly not in oh, a long yeah. you know like oh i okay here's the question based on this passage and we write it out and it's like spending time with the lord period yep like when the first time i heard hey your devotion time with the lord is not a, as much about what you do <laughs> as it is about spending time with him. Because yeah. I think a lot of of us that probably are our age and older yeah. grew up in a, uh, if you grew up in church, grew up in a construct where there was a very rigid idea Pray, of what. read the Bible, journal, yep. write down. There's a, your morning devotions. So take your relationship with your wife. You guys ever go on a walk together? Mm-hmm. Do you ever talk during that walk? I mean, sometimes you do. No, is there other times that you just spend time together and you never say a word? Yeah. Is it still intimate time with your wife? Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes even more, that's the time now, especially with kids, that we enjoy even more just being together yeah. and experiencing, you know, latent, yeah. see whatever. To, you know, just like yeah. there isn't this formality behind it. Like, hey, how was your day? Yeah. Good. How was yours? Mine was yeah. good, too. What, like, okay, you know. Yeah. If we, in that rigid Bible study quiet time, if we treated our spouse the same way, we, we would have, have horrible, spouse. yeah, we would have horrible marriages. And then we wonder why our faith isn't growing. Because again, your faith is in a, in a format. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm a good Christian because I get up and I read my Bible every day. Now, Bible study is needed. Reading the Bible is needed. Studying the Bible is needed. Memorizing the Bible is needed. Meditating on the Bible is needed. Praying is needed. Being quiet before the Lord is near. Like there's there's all those things. Those are spiritual disciplines though. But sometimes, I mean, just sitting out, going on a walk, sitting out, looking at, you know, your backyard with a cup of coffee and just the stillness of the morning or the evening, just as effective. You know, I, I love the line. You know, religion is a guy sitting in church thinking about hunting or surfing. I like surfing because I've never, well, I've done it once and it was ugly, but I did it, right? That's religion. It was something. A guy sitting in church thinking, I wish I was anywhere else. Faith. 
is a guy sitting on a surfboard looking at the sunset, thinking of God. Faith is somebody sitting in their deer stand just completely enjoying God's creation in his presence with them. Now, it doesn't mean like, okay, I'm going to quit going to church. No, you can't do that either. Start to say you better put yeah. a disclaimer because we're going to. Yeah, but that's the other thing that we do is like, oh, well, I got to go to church on Sunday. You got to. Man, you get you to. Want, yeah. If you want to, you get to. You know, because there's, there is a certain level where, yes, those quiet moments like that are good in your faith. Reading your Bible, good in your faith. Studying the Word is good in your faith. Serving, good in your faith. Worshiping together in the, as the body of Christ is good for your faith. Mm-hmm. But we want to take all of these things and say, I'm going to take my top three favorite, and I want the Lord to bless that. Yep. Then your faith is not in the Lord. Here's my leftovers. Your faith is in your, your formatting of what you want your faith to be. And we were talking about that uh, in a different context, but you know the people that walk up, I've heard it both ways. Like, yeah, the Bible, you know, the, the sermon, that's kind of hard for me, but I just love worship. That's where I'm at. And then the other part, I've had people tell me, I could do without the worship. I'm just here for the Bible study. Both are wrong. Both are wrong. Yeah. Because your faith is not in Jesus, then Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. You know, and, and when we look at any command that we're given in Scripture and say, you know what, that's just not my jam, it then... You know, I don't get anything out of that. And it's like, yeah, you don't get anything out of that because you're not putting anything into it. Yeah. You, you you don't see any value for it, you know. Oh, it's really hard to read the Bible every day because you don't value it, you know. I don't pray every day because you don't see any value in it. You don't serve because you don't see any value in it. I don't I don't know about getting together with people and fellowship and you don't see any value in it. Like, that's it, ye of little faith, you know, because you don't, like, we have to understand, like, God designed it to be this way. Can we trust his design? Could there, could there possibly be the idea, the thought, that God knows what he's doing, and if we would walk in obedience to what he has commanded, that whatever we are wanting and yearning for, we will find it. Yeah. It might look different, but again, his ways, not our ways. His thoughts, not our thoughts. His will, not our will. And so it's, it, and that's, it's a, it's a massive struggle, especially with, you know, the church stuff that we've grown up with, yeah. the, just the idea of the American Christianized, what, what it means to be a Christian in America. Like we'd be unrecognizable in other parts of the world within our brothers and sisters mm-hmm. of faith, you know. But such a time as this. God has, what's that verse in Acts? He has determined our boundaries and our times. Mm. So he has us here for a reason where we would love to, oh, I want to jump ship and I want to go over and be in the church in China and that would be so great because I'm a, I'm a warrior just like them for the Lord. And it's like, no, you're not. Shut <laughs> That's up. why you're not in China. Yeah, exactly. Sit down. The Lord knows. You know, but you can't be a warrior here. It's going to look different than it does in China and it should. So, so how about you just be a warrior for the Lord here? Yeah. So, Habakkuk, Habakkuk, that's it. Habakkuk, Habakkuk. I heard something pronounced it that way, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> you're a sinner." Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> you don't open the Bible lately. Ah, <laughs> oh, I love all the different. Says ways the guy we... who almost said job. <laughs> yeah. 
I've heard that before. A guy was like new to new to the Bible, and he opens up to Job. That was the first book he saw, and he goes, "Yeah, well, I got one of those. I guess I don't need to read that book." You know what? At least you're opening it. That book's know? not for me. I've got one of those. Yeah. And oh, I even man. caught myself Sunday. I said something that nobody caught it, or at least nobody called me out on it. I was referencing a psalm, and mm-hmm. I said Psalms too. It's like, no, no, it's Psalm two. Psalm two. Psalms is the whole book, but when you reference one, it's a psalm. It's kind of the same way. Revelations. Everybody's like, it's Revelation. True, and don't be an idiot to people, but yeah. Yeah. You know, if you add the S onto it, it's like, that's not accurate. I'm like, okay. Open to Revelations 12. Yeah. I'm going to read through. (laughs) It's like, if you're going to lose your mind on that, you, God needs to do a work in your heart, so calm down. At least we're opening the word and reading it, so. So next week, we're diving into 13. The first and the second beast. Do you say 14 or 15 is? Uh, is what? Is the it's Christ in hell? Uh, I think it's fourteen. Fourteen oh, so or fifteen? Because I I prep three weeks in advance. I'm prepping three weeks. Hey, overachiever! Wow, guy! I'm just kidding. Did you hear that <laughs> on the breakdown first, right there? Uh, it's awesome. No, you're not the guy showing up on Sunday morning like I downloaded this <laughs> last night. Uh, Saturday night special. Here we go. It was on sale. Yeah, it, but it does, especially in this parenthetical spot where everything is together like all these things like because understanding what happens to the first beast goes back to 11 and now we understand why the two witnesses couldn't be killed and then they were killed why because satan has to incarnate antichrist and that's you know so it's all these pieces and so it's good because now we're like kind of putting them together Mm -hmm. and giving a little heads up to what's to come but yeah we're going beast mode Sunday with the first and can we do that? Can we do beast mode? Sure. We can do whatever you want. <laughs> Hold on, wait a second. So we're we're doing thirteen this week, yeah. fourteen next week. That's that's what comes after. Nah, 13. I'm not gonna be here. You're not gonna be here? No, we're on vacation. That's the Sunday that I'm out. Cancel it. <laughs> Who approved that? Who you approved? did it. No way. Um yeah. So thirteen's first and second beast. Fourteen, we're gonna see the lamb and the hundred and forty four again. Um, and then we get a message, harvest of the earth, and then 15, 16 starts us back into the chronology of the story, and that's the seven bowls of God's wrath. Uh, 17, the great prostitute, right? I'm with Amen. The great <laughs> prostitute and the beast. Can't wait to talk about what that's called. Um, but yeah, like we're really, we're, we're wrapping up here pretty quick. There's going to be a lot in 20, you know, talking about the thousand year reign, the defeat of Satan. Um, but yeah, there's and, and what's so cool. So like here, here's the insider part of it. You know, the end of John, we see the tree of life with the river. of life, mm-hmm. And then where are we going after Revelation? Genesis. And what do we see at the beginning of Genesis? The tree of life. And so I read a great book. And this guy, I think, is out of like Joplin, fairly local which is kind of cool. And he wrote a book called Between Two Trees. He was talking about the tree of life in the garden and the tree of life of revelation. But there's one more tree, the tree in which Christ hung upon. Mm. And just and so we're just kind of doing the story of like a good movie where you have the ending first. And so we're going to see the tree of life at the ending of revelation. And then we're going to go all the way back to the very beginning. Do you remember this guy's name? Um, yeah. Um, I, I listened to it on Audible, yeah. and and uh, hats off to you. We're going to shout your name here in a second because I don't have it memorized. But I love when uh, Audible books 
are recorded by the writer oh that's so much i hate getting a book that's written by somebody and then some other random person Um, between two trees our transformation oh it's gonna start talking oh come on i want the not now uh here we go here we go here we go going back going back where we at uh between two trees our transformation from death to life by shane j wood (gasps) shane wood he's a professor at yes Correct. So when we started Revelation, no, I did the Revelation study on Right Now Media with him. Oh, really? He's oh. on Right Now Media? Oh, it's so good. If it's the same, hold on, I'm pulling it up. Okay, look at us over here, just like geeking. It out. was. This was a great book, and and but I he just kept using that yep. reference between Next two level. trees. Ozark Christian College yeah, by Shane J. Wood, and he sits in front of a, a whiteboard and he draws on it. Let me see a picture of yep. him. I don't know if he's on. Yep, that's him. So good. Younger guy, yep. incredibly smart. Super smart. Has, yeah, PhD. He's got more letters after his name than I have in my name. <laughs> you know what my pastor used to say about me? Oh, he's, got, he's got more degrees than a thermometer. Oh, gosh. <laughs> he really, it was, the, yeah. even the way that he, I have appreciated um, before we walked into Revelation and then even after I've gone back. Um, Would we, is he a... Would he line up with us completely? Or, you know, some people are the oh, pre-trib, the post. That's a great, I, wonder, I don't know. Yeah. I go and, back and look specifically. And we were talking about that and somebody brought up, you know, like, hey, I kind of like uh, what Bible Project says. And I do appreciate that. Um, they, and I, and when you watch the Bible Project, their explanation of the book of Revelation, I, I would love to ask Tim Mackey, like, hey, did you keep it? Because he doesn't really get into tribulation and the millennium yep. and stuff like that. Did you keep it? I don't want to say surface level. Did you skip over some of those uh, f- uh, those points of theology? So no matter where you were, where somebody would line up, mm-hmm. they could still watch and find fruit yep. in this video, which there is. If you're in any position that you take in eschatology, that video would be great. Um, or... Is that a, oh, no, no, this is, you know, I don't ascribe to this or that, yeah, yeah. you know, and I would love to know that because there are certain times where like, especially with, you know, new people, what's your eschatology? Dude, we want to focus on Jesus. If you don't come here because we're, I'm a pre-trib, you're a post-trib or a all mill pre-mill, like we're, we're dividing over things, you know, now that might be a sticking point for some people, but yeah. not for me, you know, you, you could be one of those. And the joke always goes, you know, like I'm a, I'm a pre-tribber. I believe we are not destined for the wrath of God. That is, I believe, clearly read in Scripture, First Thessalonians. We, a couple times there, we are not destined as the church for the wrath of God. Um, and I can give other anchor points for it. And then there's some people that are mid-trib. And then there's some people that are post-trib. But I love the joke is, you hope I'm right. And wouldn't it be so awesome if God would take us in our stance you know like god's like hey you're a pre-tripper cool i'll take a pre-trip hey you're mid-tripper you want to live through the first half and half the population dies there you go buddy yeah i'll I'll let you i'll let you live that one out how many people would be like i you know what i'm gonna ascribe to pre-trip i'm (laughs) like i'm pre-church now baby (laughs) right like what are we waiting church age what is this i'm out like oh yeah you're a post-tripper you're gonna live through all of it and i just uh, beam you up right before i return sure like you you know you want to yeah, you could have had seven years with me at least. Instead of beam me up, Scotty. Yeah, beam me up, beam Scotty, me. and put you on a white horse just to send you right back. I mean, I guess. 
might as well just stay there and meet me on the corner. Uh, no, you know. <laughs> so I always think that's, and then you have the people like, I'm a pan tripper. They say it's serious. It all pans out. It all pan out. But you, what we do have to understand is like our eschatology, all theological doctrines do intersect with other ones. And, and, and eschatology is just as important as understanding the divinity of Jesus, you know, yeah. and what salvation is. So anyway, it's always kind of fun just to joke though. And, but it's good, you know, and if we can jump into a book where it's highly uh, divisive and interpreted different ways, mm-hmm. if we can walk through it and still have harmony as a church and this unity of the body saying, Hey, again, no amount of study of revelation will ever take us away from the call and the command to love the Lord with all our heart, soul, and mind, to love our neighbors, ourselves, to go make disciples, baptize, teach, how to respond to Christ in obedience and understand the promises with us. We can, we can descend into any other book of the Bible and still have unity mm-hmm. because this is the most divisive. Yeah. This in the book of Acts. Mm. Sadly. Yeah. Actually, I would say the book of Acts is far more divisive within churches than the book of Revelation. Because people actually study and talk about the book of Acts where oh. we just kind of put Revelation. Because we have a we have a, a shallow understanding of who the Holy Spirit is and what his role is and what he does. Some and church don't even like that word. Exactly. Or that phrase. Yeah. Two words. Yeah. And so we would, we would, oh yeah, we can't, we can't associate with those people because they believe the Holy Spirit's this and we believe the Holy Spirit's that and who is, no, 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 Father, Son, Holy Bible, right? <laughs> like you, we don't even have room for the Holy Spirit in our Trinity and it's like, easy, easy here. Your Trinity looks very different than yeah, mine. you know, and, but I think it's actually more divisive um, than even the book of Revelation. I can see that. Yep. I can see that for sure. You know, so, so now everybody's like, when are we going to Acts? Gonna, and I want to hear what you say then. Forget like, Genesis. Yeah. Let's go to Acts. Yeah, So exactly. in four years when we're done covering. Yeah. So it's, uh, right now I've just been praying and I, I feel comfortable. It's, you know, finished Revelation. We're going to go to Genesis. Then I want to go to Mark. And then I want to go to Exodus. You know, so. You want to do Genesis, Genesis, which I knew that. Which is going to be all of 24. Then you want to go to Mark? Then I'm going to go to Mark. And then back to Exodus. And then go back to Exodus. I always want to come back to the gospel every once in a while. So we did Matthew. Yeah. And then we walked through some little books and then we big revelation. Yep. Right. And then we're going to go to Genesis. I want to come back to a gospel. Okay. I just in my head, I'm like, did I massively miss something in Matthew where we're going <laughs> to. Yeah. Yep. What did I miss um, in Matthew? That's the tie yeah. back to Exodus. And then, and then from Mark go to Exodus. I, I don't know from there yet, but when I come back to a gospel, it most likely be John. I want to, you know, cause we did Matthew, and then Mark being a synoptic, I want yeah. to go to John to see. So what Nick aspect. is telling you is that we have the next 15 years here at Calvary planned out. Yeah. I've I've seen the I've seen the the document. The crazy. I've seen the document. Oh yeah. You would be floored at how how far out planned <laughs> you, we are. And this is just the stuff that I'm okay to reveal. And that's what's hard, like you know, to think through what's fruitful, effective, what is in an exhortation for the body and where we're at. Um, you know, that's why I felt like, okay, after Jude, let's go to revelation because there was a few people asking and then just the rise of the signs of the times. And I still hear it. Oh, oh, it's all lining up. I heard it Sunday and it's like, I just said the next event that we're waiting on is rapture and has no signs atti- attached yeah. to it. Oh, the signs of the times. It's like, 
and that's what we do with highlighters. We highlight the parts of the Bible we like and we ignore the rest, yeah. <laughs> you know. And then, and honestly, I feel like going to Genesis, there's so much in the social justice movements. There's so much in our culture that Genesis answers. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people struggle with the early parts of Genesis, like, you know, the creation stories that really true and they want to splash in some evolution and all that. And it's like, get through all of that, which we will. But there's so many worldview questions that are set up. I mean, if, 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 if you throw out the early parts of Genesis, then define manhood and womanhood for me then. Then, okay, then where, where else, you know, because all the other uh, scripture writers that are talking about uh, a role of a man and a woman, you know, thinking of Paul and all the epistles, different things like that, where was that coming from? His foundation was Genesis. There's so many worldview questions that could help us navigate well the hot button topics of our culture mm-hmm. just in an understanding of the first 10 chapters of Genesis, yeah. you know, and, and then we get to some of the old stories where, you know, we'll wreck people's lives talking about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, you know, they'll be like, what? I went to Sunday school and I never read this. Nobody well, what, told me that. Yeah. Cause you went to Sunday school when you were in second grade, they were trying to color sheet and get you through 30 minutes. You it was know. a color sheet. It was, it was a uh, felt. felt. Oh yeah, me too. Dude, my wife and I were talking the other day. She's like, I kind of miss those things. And I was like, in a weird way I do too. Like they help bring the story to life. Like let's talk about the Bible, oh, but yeah. here's Jesus. That was Paul last week. Yeah, but it's Jesus this week. You know what my favorite series, and I did it almost every year as a student pastor. And honestly. If you if, say puppets for Jesus. Nope. I will close. We have curse. puppets here though. If you want puppets. Yeah. Side <laughs> note, if you want puppets, we, <laughs> we, we can load puppet. you up. Seriously, dead serious. We have like 15 really nice ones. Like they Two grand worth of public. Two puppets. grand worth of puppets. Like, if like, you want to start a puppet ministry at your church, let us know. We're pushing some paper. We, some we will right we will now. ship them free of charge. There to we you. go. Easy. Easy now, guy. Okay. Take that out of your paycheck. No, it's easy. Um, my favorite series to do as a student pastor. Favorite. And I would love, honestly, I would love to do this. You're setting this up. If this is even, a... No, no, no. This is good. And I would love to do this even in, in senior pastor ministry. I would get up once a year. We would do like a four or five week series. It was baby's first Bible. And I would stand up there with a nice little, it was yellow with a plastic kind of coating on it. It was eight pages long, Mm -hmm. you know, and it walked through some, the top stories. It super diluted it. Mm -hmm. And, and we walked through baby's first Bible theology. And here's the thing. It sounds brilliant. It was great when you were a kid, when you were young, it was wonderful. But now, you you know, looking at teenagers and looking at us as adults, now we're adults and we're struggling in our faith. You know why? Because you never grew out of baby's first Bible mm. theology. And you're trying to handle real world problems with baby's first Bible theology. Which nobody's going to open up baby's first Bible with their toddler. Like Leighton, she's three. Yep. You know, you're not going to open up and and have this like bloody, gory scene of Noah's Ark. You know, you're not going to open up to the idea of Abraham knocking up Hagar, mm-hmm. you know, be like, well, daddy, do you have a Hagar? Like mm-hmm. why? You know, like I have three <laughs> <laughs> concubine. Here we go. Uh, concubine ministry at Calvary. Chapel. Like, no, 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 not even doing that. You know, and, and even the story of Jesus, like we barely even put him on the cross because yeah. that's baby's first Bible. And there's and again, we have to grow up. 
And even Paul would say that, like, I want to go deeper with you, but I got to give you milk. And Francis Chan, Francis Chan had the best line. He was talking about that passage and he has a bottle and has some milk in it. And he goes, and all you guys do is suck, suck, suck. And he goes, that's what's hard about this. When you stay in your infant stage of your faith and you don't grow up, you just plain suck. Grow up. Awesome. Get off the bottle. Quit sucking and grow up. Move on some more mature food. Like, I want to cut some steak up for you, but you just want somebody to bottle feed you. And the, t- and the steak tastes delicious. I know. We, so, uh, we got so my, my wife last week, you went to a kids' mystery conference. Yeah. And we. In 10 OC. In 10 OC. And. <laughs> the we bought Leighton a new Bible. Yeah. Um for a variety of reasons. Um so it's she's called grown the, up, she's the, maturing. She has exactly better right. theology than half of us. Um, no. That's exactly right. <laughs> um so she bought the biggest story Bible. Oh here we go. Let's um, see which we got here. Or the biggest storybook Bible. The, oh yeah. So click through some pictures. Like the the artistry oh, yeah. is beautiful. So we've been uh we started reading it. We do one story a week. Oh I've seen that. So every night we do the same story. So every night you're doing the same story. We do one story a week instead oh, of like okay. reading through like, saying. so okay. this week is Genesis one through. She's going to know three. Adam and Eve really well. <laughs> really well. One, be 45 and being like, <laughs> I'm, I'm the lead expert. One story a year. So it comes this with is good. memory, memory verse cards. Yep. So what we do is we read the, we read the story. Yep. We memorize the verse. Um, so this is, we did two nights. Uh, last night was our second night. And so we're, we're reading Genesis one and two. I was not prepared for what it was going to say for how um, very honest yeah. this is. And, and I appreciate the the author wrote yeah. like, Hey, this is not the Bible. Yeah. So like, if you have to pick between reading this and the Bible, like this yeah. is for your littles. Yeah. If you're walking in with that in our <laughs> revelation study, I should bring it one week and just see who's looking around. <laughs> like, oh, I got to find. Yeah. Okay, if your Bible has pictures as we're walking through the first and the second beast, we're talking. Um, Come see it, me after service. One of the things it says, and I was yeah. like, I, it's childish, but, it, you know, so it's walking it's yeah. walking through Adam and Eve, and it's talking about how, and I forget the language if one was here. Could they not even you. say naked? No, no, it says oh. it says naked, and it says, it talks about how they, they, they um, their purpose in procreating the earth. And there's this whole They use phrase. the word procreate. They didn't use procreate. Oh. But there's this phrase where it's like They're they're trying to give the connotation um, of sex. They use the word image bears. But they it's like That's good. But it's something like where they create image bears. And I was like, I looked at London, <laughs> we just started busting up laughing. I was like, that's at least that we didn't co- like we didn't gloss over it. Like we're talking about yeah. without When my son was young, he was reading his Bible and he came down and he said, Dad, what's this? And he points to it, and it was sexual sin. And, then, like, that's when I had to have the sex talk with my son. How old was he? Oh, man. I'm talking, like, six. Okay, Young. here we go. Young. That's now, again, uh, so here's a little parenting 101. Um, at least amongst the staff, I have older kids, so I'll just say yep. a little more experience. Yep. Uh, small questions, small answers. Yep. You know, you so, don't have to open the whole yeah. so worm. Like, and- when, when, when the girls would ask, you know, because we were having Emmy, uh, how does how does how's the baby going to come out? Well, that's why doctors go to school. Like that's why mommy goes to a doctor. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. 
you know and so there's you know just small questions small answers i just you pulled know? up the video and don't, yeah Layton was like how's that <laughs> well look this don't, is a <laughs> yeah don't try to answer a question that they're not asking yeah. you know and just go from there but you know and then and i would always i'm i am a huge advocate for this uh if you think your child's too young you're already behind mm, amen you know um and i always would rather have an awkward conversation with my kids both boy and girl. And they would actually say it'd be better for the mom to have like puberty questions, um, discussions with the son and for the dad to have those with the daughters. Mm -hmm. We're very open. Like, I mean, yeah, everybody knows everything and it's hilarious, you know? And so I would, but I would rather lead in those conversations and then be behind the eight ball and they come home from a ride on the bus or something or even youth group and be like, uh what's this letting the world define yeah and letting the world define it and and i even brought up slangs yep with my kids like i don't want you with a group of friends and whoever know you know okay yeah most of your friends are in youth group but doesn't mean that they're all just living for the lord and praying every night you know it's like i want you to know what those things are and like this is a slang for this and that and now the kind of roles have reversed zesty zesty you know what that's a slang for oh god our daughter had to bring that up we we bought zesty Ranch. queso oh. chips, and so we're at Silver Dollar City eating our zesty queso chips. And my wife's like, "These aren't that zesty." And I'm like, "Yeah, I wouldn't call them zesty either." And, and my daughter's over there just laughing. We're like, "What?" And she's like, "Zesty is another word that that connotates the idea of gay." So if somebody's gay, they're zesty. And I'm like, "I'd rather just have chips with a little zip to them." Like I'm talking about spiciness, and she's like. <laughs> And so she's laughing because we're saying zesty. And I'm like, don't even like boomer me. Because right <laughs> there's so much slang that you can't even have. You can't keep a, up with it. Yeah, you can't keep up with it. And you can't even have a, 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 a real conversation. Because everything means, yeah. Because everything means everything. Yep. And it's just like, no, I zesty to me, I, I, spicy chips. Yeah. Well, you can't say spicy now because that means the type of texting or pictures that you send to one another. And it's like. I want hot sauce on my food that burns my mouth. Can't say hot sauce. Yeah, you can't say hot sauce. You can't say that now (laughs) and all this. And it's just like, good night. What do you say? Anyway. Hey, this has been a zesty conversation. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a fun zesty conversation. This is a zesty conversation right here. Here Well, hey, uh, as we said last week, if you suck all the way to the end, extra jewel in your crown. There it is. We'll speak speak to the Lord uh, for you on behalf of us. We'll we'll intercede and say, hey, give him a... (laughs) Not a diamond. You can give him a rupal. A, a little ruby. Yeah, yeah there you a go. little ruby, a little something, something. So next week we'll dive into Revelation 12. We'll uh, we'll sit down. No, we were in Revelation 12. Or next 13. Week is sorry, 13. I looked at my notes. Uh, sorry, guy. Go in beast mode. Sorry, guy. That's right. One and two. Beast. We'll, uh, <laughs> that's right. We go beast mode. So next week we'll go beast mode in Revelation yeah, 13. That's what we're calling it. And uh, it'll, be, it'll be a great conversation that is 100% only... On topic. On topic and about you know scripture. People find people actually like our rabbit trails more than the actual content. I it, well, I hear more content response to our content about the rabbit trail stuff than the actual like. Oh, very good. Yeah. Two I have one and two. I had one. I've had one person say the rabbit trails help make it digestible oh there we go the, the human you know like yeah. the, just us being weird and funny and, and rabbit yeah. trailing 
it allows them time to process and kind of breathe uh, instead of just being like, question, boom, yeah. question, boom, question. And I had somebody, they're like, no, you need to have a whole nother podcast where you just do the rabbit trail and the other question. So you have one that's just the sermon and you have another, it's like, I'm sorry, I'm not a pro like podcaster. I I'm would just, love to have the I'm time. You want to come and volunteer? And we can. <laughs> no, because I still, I don't, I, w- I don't even know if I would have the time to record another one. I've always, I've, I've always dreamed of, of having that kind of where it's yeah. just like no holds bar, not hard, just like sit yeah. down and it's like, hey, here we go. There it is. So maybe we right. just like mic us and we'll just like record our everyday conversations <laughs> and then somebody can come in and edit it and be like, okay, here's the nuggets of like valuable. Here's the 45 seconds of <laughs> good things in 40 hours. Yeah, who would want to sit there and listen to our day? Well, anyway. hey, seriously, thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for being a part. It makes the breakdown fun. Amen. We enjoy doing it. But uh, we'll be back next week for Beast Mode. Beast Mode. Uh, as we uh, dissect and break down Revelation 13. Uh, as always, it would be a huge encouragement uh, if you would uh, subscribe, like, share, uh, get the word out about the breakdown, not so that we could be famous. We like going to Walmart and not having people, you know, want our autographs and ask us a bazillion questions. Have you ever had somebody ask you for an autograph? Mm-hmm. Really? When I was on the radio. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. We did Young Christians Weekend down in Branson. You stud. Yeah. So. Hey, after this, we we send my Bible. Absolutely <laughs> not. So, all right. That's where we're putting. Uh, that's where we're cutting it out. Guys, have a great week.